Now, where did I put it? Hmm. Ah, here it is. Welcome to the Toolbox, where my guests and I discuss the tools they use every day to manage life, trauma, and everything. It may not be applicable right now, but it's not a tool for your toolbox. And I hope you enjoy. Well, welcome everybody back to Tools for the Toolbox. I am Chance Brills, as you know, and I have another outstanding guest ready to talk about all kinds of crazy, wild, adrenaline racing kind of deals. But before that, let's get into who you are and uh, what is your military background? Yeah. Hey, Chance. Thanks. My name is Mike Sear, or I go by Mako around the drop zone here. Mako the Wacko, right? Mako Wacko. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> so I did have a brief period in the military. Uh, it was about 10 years ago. I was in for about five years. Okay. Uh, just a reservist. So I don't pretend to uh, have experienced anything that the guys at this operation have gone through, but it does give me a little bit of insight into our kind of Canadian forces yeah. mentality and what happens in there. Um, I was in a uh, signal squadron, 741 squadron out of Victoria for about five years. Get the so. fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> you said you wouldn't the tell anyone. Ziggies. Oh God, here they come. Yeah. But, uh, so how long you've been, how long you been out? Uh, yeah, I probably got out now close to eight years ago, I guess. Okay. And what have you been doing in the meantime? So my regular trade is I'm an electrical engineer, uh, specializing in communications. Uh, that's been my full-time job since I, you know, left university. God, it was over 20 years ago now. <laughs> it doesn't seem that long. Okay. And, uh, so currently I'm a contractor. I do telecommunications design and, uh, mostly just in British Columbia here. It's good though. I like it. I enjoy it. But uh, it's it's a real offset from the skydiving world. Yeah. And, exactly. Uh, so well, what do you so what do you do here at the drop zone? Then? So at the drop zone, I I've been skydiving for God a long time now. But um, I met Bob and Rob back. We're going probably eight years ago now when they first started their drop zone in Victoria. Yeah. And just. Great guys. I, it's not too often you come across DZOs. That's a drop zone owner that is there for the fun jumping. They're there because they want to be. They're not about making money whatsoever. They're about the camaraderie, getting people into the sport, and just really, really good people. And a lot of the instructors that were, you know, they were coming around and we were there for the drinking, the jumping, but, uh, they brought a whole new atmosphere to the drop zone. And when they went off and started their own, uh, most of us left and joined them yeah. and uh, just great people. You want to be around them. You want to help out. And you really see that now in this drop zone is people show up because they want to be here and they're donating their time and people, they don't care if they get paid or not. They, they want to be here. They want to help. And they see how many people Bob and Rob are helping out in the community. And now in this operation Pegasus, this is such an amazing event. I, I hope it becomes an annual event. We're working on it. We're working on it. I got some. I got some contacts that uh, <laughs> we're going to work on this to make it a foundation, make it a uh, nonprofit, and make sure that we can get enough uh, donations, both physically, like uh, sorry for personally, but also corporate level stuff, and get like make sure that we can get this covered off for more people so that they can get in. Hell yeah, that's awesome to hear. Get tossed out of planes because why the fuck not? Hey. Brings people together, and who doesn't want to jump out of a perfectly good plane? Uh, most people. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably correct about that. So what What brought you to skydiving when you started? When I started? So I was back at UVic. I'd uh, fresh out of high school, and 
I had a bit of scholarship money to play with. So I wandered around clubs day and first week of classes, frosh week. And, you know, you had the chess club and you had the archery club and there was, I don't know, there was a lot of geeky clubs. And yeah. that, that was kind of my jam at the time. I was always a geek. And, um, then I saw the skydiving club. I was like, Oh, here's something kind of different. And, uh, but it was probably mostly this will piss my parents off. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Good attitude to have. And, uh, you know, right or wrong reasons, it got me into the sport and I, I loved it. It was just a completely different group of people that I'd ever hung out with and really opened my eyes to some other stuff that was out there. And yeah, very addicting right off the bat. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what did you start with? Did you do some tandem stuff or were you able, were you able to do some like, yeah, good question. Stuff? So a lot of people get into the sport by doing their first tandem yeah. and that wasn't my progression at all. I took the first jump course right off the bat and I mean, I was terrified, man. I, it was terrifying for me. I still remember the fear I had for, and not just on jump one, like jumps two through 25, I was scared. And, uh, I, I love the feeling though. I loved like pushing through something that was just so difficult to do. And it was so out of my wheelhouse for the hobbies I was into back then. And, um, I, yeah, I never did a tandem until close to 15 years later when I got my tandem instructor rating and, uh, they make you do a tandem now. They, they want you to see what that's like for your passengers and, uh, not going to lie. It's not comfortable <laughs> both physically and emotionally. It's not a comfortable feeling going for a tandem. Um, you lose all control. You got to give it to that person behind you. So I'm glad they make us do it. But uh, I'm glad I took the route I did. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. Do you think that uh, Do you think that having skydiving, having the the club, the camaraderie? Because I mean, walking around here today and yesterday, all the staff were just <laughs> solid, and they all work together well, and they laugh and they joke and they play and they like. It's a very militaristic environment anyway, and I know there's lots of ex-military guys here, but do you find that that's the same across the board or are there a lot more, I don't know, egos involved or is there, is it, is that like standard or is this place a diamond? You definitely get egos in skydiving. Um, it, it just comes with the territory. The thing about skydiving is it attracts a lot of people that didn't necessarily have a place to fit in. Um, maybe, you know, they didn't have a tight, social circle they they didn't have a whole lot of friends and they found something that they can do that 99.9 percent .9 of the population is just would never be able to push themselves to do they found something that makes them unique they found something that makes them special and it it's awesome it brings people together and you feel like a rock star you really yeah. do and that's awesome but with it there's an ego component for sure but you find you get that in kind of the, the newer jumpers when people stick with the sport and they start getting some ratings. Most people become very like nurturing and helpful. And, and that's what I see with all of our instructors here. They're, they're a really, really good group of people and they're, they're here because they genuinely want to help people. Yeah. And, uh, and of course your leaders make a big difference and, for us, that's Bob and Rob. Everybody looks up to these guys, yeah. and and uh, they lead by example. And I, I keep poking, very I, very humble guys. They really are. I keep poking Rob and be like, "Hey, man, we gotta get you on. We gotta get, sit you down and record." And he was just like, "Yeah, no, we gotta like. I'm, <laughs> I, I want you to talk to my boys here. I want you to do that. I've got to talk to these guys. It 
it's kind of funny because in the military community, when you talk about awards or recognition or anything like that, a lot of dudes are just like, not me. No, no you should give it to that guy. Yeah. Right? It, no, I, I don't want it. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, yeah. And if you actually listen to them, it just goes in a big circle, right? Like, A wants B to have it. You talk to B, wants C to have it. You talk to C, and he says A should have it. And then you just, and it's just this, no, 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 nobody ever gets back to it. But Somebody take this damn award. Exactly, right? You're just sitting there with this medal, like, take it, please take it. Um, but it's really nice to see. And uh, I had a blast over this last, this little jump course. And uh, you guys all saw me trying to fucking fly after exiting the plane and flapping my wings like a <laughs> albatross i guess i don't know but oh uh, man you killed it yeah we um, always say every jump you land safely from that's a successful jump man you know what the the ground accepted me quite well <laughs> <laughs> but let's uh let's talk about your your skydiving career i guess it is you've been jumping for many many years now, yeah like- well i mean it's pretty spread out it's maybe not your typical skydiving career because i started back when i was in university so god that was going back to 94 now back in the um, day. <laughs> it was the day <laughs> a wednesday oh wednesday indeed and I, uh, I i started very slowly i mean when you're a student you don't have a ton of money so you can't be out here every single weekend um so I, it, it can be a little bit of a rich man sport or the people that really love it, they make it happen. They live in a van down by an airport and they just put all their excess money into the sport. Um, I've never seen so many, so many people living in vans as I do at drop zones. But uh, so I started pretty slow. I took a break. I had to take the first jump course, I think, three separate times because of the breaks. And, yeah. you know, if you if you wait so long, there's there's a lot of emergency procedures and unusual situations that are taught in that course that you need to be on top of. So I took it a few times and eventually I stuck with it. I got my solo rating, you know, five, six years later or something. And, uh, it wasn't until I had full-time work and, you know, things settled a little bit. I was financially more comfortable that I started going to the drop zone every day and then it gets addicting. You, you meet the people. I mean, everyone becomes your friend at the drop zone. You jump together, you party together, you travel together, you start hitting the big drop zones. And once your jump numbers get up there, you start going for some ratings. You get some coach ratings first. Uh, back then, the first rating everybody had was flying tandem videos. Yeah. So finally, we had a job. We could jump and we could get paid for doing it. And there's uh the requirements are a little more strict these days but back then if you could leave the plane stable and not kill anybody they'd uh they'd give you a job <laughs> filming tandems and uh those poor people were paying for some, <laughs> some probably terrible services but it was fun for us and it got me into the sport and it got me hooked on it. and now i wanted more ratings and so then you'd get a uh, coach rating where you can start coaching the novices, the people that have just gotten their first solo and they're working on things like barrel rolls and back loops and front loops. And so you're jumping with these people and, you know, you ask any teacher and first they'll say, well, those who can't teach, but they'll also tell you that when you're coaching and you're teaching it, it really makes you a better jumper also. A hundred percent. You don't want to give these people wrong information. You don't want to lead them astray. So it makes you really focus on your skills and uh, your skill analysis improves exponentially. And then you get into JMing. That's jump master in the skydiving world. So now you're dispatching students for the first time. And that's what we're doing here on Op Pegasus, yep. dispatching these guys that, you know, they, 
they probably haven't taken a CSPA jump course ever. Uh, a lot of these guys are airborne, mostly just static line jumps, or they've been out of the sport for years or decades. And uh, so they've gone through the course and we've got lots of JMs here. So they're getting to work with all kinds of different instructors, which is really cool to see. It's been pretty amazing. I, I never got to jump when I was in the army and I always wanted to. And I'm actually kind of glad that um, this is my first jump because this is a pretty Gucci setup, right? This like, was your first jump. This is my first jump yesterday? ever. And uh, oh, yeah. it, I mean, what better environment to be in? Than to be surrounded by X Airborne, X uh, JGF, X uh, Pararescue, the what should we call it? The Sartex. Sartex. There we go. For yeah, the, completely forgot the name. Um, but everything was made very crisp, very clear. There was no ambiguity. There was no bullshit. It was just straight up. This is what you need to do. It actually was very militaristic, and a lot of us were talking afterwards that it was like sitting in a drill class, right? Do a B and C. Now do A, B, and C. Now do A, B, and C. It just yeah, lots of repetition, lots of muscle memory. Yeah, yeah. Do you find um, you find jumping to be a therapeutic tool for you now, or is it just like um? (laughs) I mean, you do you don't get the same rush that you used to have once you your jump numbers get up there, and it, it becomes more about just doing something that you love and especially doing something that you're good at is uh, it's a good feeling to, to have people look up to you and, and to be able to share that with other people and help them out. That's that. I really love the teaching aspect. I I love that part of it. I've been a big fan of that for a while. I was an instructor before I left the army. And the, the thing that I loved the most was the aha moment that you could see in people's eyes where they, they got the concept and you're like, that's right. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love working with the military. So I've done some SARTEC coaching as well. As those guys go through their program, they'll uh, occasionally hire civilian instructors. And so uh, they hired me to help them out down in Arizona where they do a lot of their training. And then I helped them out in Comox here last year as well. And man, these guys are switched on. Like it is, it's unbelievable working with these guys. I think back, like I compare my own <laughs> progression with theirs. I'm like, holy Christ, I was a slow learner. <laughs> And uh, they're just so good, so athletic, uh, so coordinated, and they're there to learn. They want to get it. There's no, there's no messing around with these guys. And I see it in this group as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, these these guys are great to work with, and more so the Sartex. I think like the younger Sartex, they're hard on themselves. But like, I don't think these guys realize just how high functioning they are. Um, these guys here, you see them having a lot more fun They're It's an older crowd. They've been through a lot and I love the atmosphere right here. Everybody's smiling and laughing. Um, we go up, we plan a jump and it may not go according to plan. So, some guys are not doing, you know, anything that they're supposed to up there, but they're having fun and they're landing safe. And really that's all we can ask. I, that's a successful jump right there. Well, yeah. I mean, you're going to land regardless right you're coming down one way or another gravity's gonna assist you in many ways um what do you think has been the what do you think has been your most challenging jumps most challenging jumps yeah working with students that everybody learns differently right some guys need the they need the theory they need the classroom they need to know exactly how everything works and other people they they're doers. They need to just do it. Other people need examples. They need to see it. And 
we have a few different ways of teaching students, a couple different programs they can take here, but it's, as an instructor, you feel like you failed your student if they didn't get something. And if you see they're really disappointed, you're like, I should have taught that a different way. Like, what can I do to make them understand, make them see that uh, they're so close, they're just not quite getting it. And one of the tools in the trade we have are indoor wind tunnels now. They're amazing for students because yeah. you can take, you know, what's it take you? Five jumps you can maybe do in a day if you're motivated, but you're tired from the packing and the landing and the flying. You can press that day into, you know, that would be two minutes in a wind tunnel. Yeah. And so the progressions are huge in the wind tunnel. And I kind of wish we had one closer to us that where we could send students and say, drop a little bit of money in the tunnel. You're going to come back and you're going to be completely different in the air. Yeah, no doubt. It, they I, don't need it, but it is a, it's a really valuable tool. Well, it's like stress inoculation, right? That, that's really what it is. I mean, you don't send, you don't do basic training and then get put into a level seven battle run with fucking tanks and aircraft and people shoot machine guns left, right, and center. That would just be ridiculous, right? Um, you have to build it up. And if we had a training tool where you could actually, you know, hang around machine gun fire up for a while and get used to the sound of it, it makes life a little bit easier once you actually, like, get out there. Absolutely. Start around with it. So it makes perfect sense. What about yourself? What would something, what about it, what, uh, what tools have you used to get to each step? To, to advance step? myself or yeah, to, adv- to advance yourself, to get, to challenge yourself, to push yourself to the next level. Yeah. So, so personally, I, I tend to be a, a jack of all trades and master of very few. Um, that's, that's what I enjoy about the sport. There's so many different disciplines and areas that you can enjoy it. I mean, you can get into, uh, coaching and instructing is one there you can do canopy relative work where you're open canopies and flying them next to each other. And I, I've dabbled in that a bit. Uh, wingsuiting is another big one that's getting really popular. I, uh, that's one of my favorite disciplines, uh, canopy piloting, flying the little canopies fast, close to the ground for accuracy, speed. Those are little swoop things, right? And you're like, Whoa. yeah, exactly. Crazy. <laughs> those are, yeah, it, it's one of the more dangerous disciplines for sure. But if you progress slowly and properly and you get proper coaching, it can be made quite safe. Um, I enjoy all of those disciplines. I really like them all. But obviously, if you're not dedicating yourself to just one, you're going to have to accept mediocrity in most of them. Yeah. And I'm happy with that. I don't, I don't care that I'm not a badass wingsuiter. I don't, I don't care that I'm not going to compete at a national level in canopy piloting. I'm just happy to be able to do it and do it safely. And if I can share that with my friends and people around the drop zone, even better. I mean, everything's better when you share it with your friends, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Have you had any areas where you've struggled, where you've had just a really difficult time grasping a concept or a a particular discipline or anything like that, where you were like, fuck, how am I like, yeah, I mean, it, it's always time in, right? It always comes down to time in. And so if I'm struggling with something, usually it's because I'm just not dedicating myself to it enough. Right. Um, I've got a, a good friend who's a SAR tech and everything this guy does, he just nails and he's so good at everything. He, it's frustrating as hell. And then he's super humble on top of it all too. But you see how he progress or how he approaches these disciplines and he just dedicates himself to it. That's all he does. It's all he focuses on because he wants to be good. And so 
he may not experience a lot of these other things, but it's amazing to watch his progression. Um, for me, like I said, it's a lot of them. It's a lot of my disciplines. I, I struggle in some of them, but, uh, take uh, wingsuiting, for example. That's one I'm kind of working on, on now on getting better. Uh, I can teach people to do it and I can teach people to do it safely. But as far as my personal skill set, man, I went to a big drop zone down in the States. It's called uh, Kapowson down in Shelton, Washington. And uh, they've got some of the, the best wingsuit pilots in the world are down there. Andy Farrington and Luke Akins and a whole bunch of guys that I look up to. And you do a couple of jumps with them and it, it really shows you that you are very much a big fish in a small pond and you have a lot to learn. Yeah. And so that's what I try to do. If I want to improve, I've got to get off the island. I need to go to a bigger drop zone and I need to get some proper coaching from people. Yeah. Expand, expand the knowledge group, right? And start looking to challenge that next level. Yeah. To, to, and you're just, you're absolutely correct to be able to, uh, change your circle, right? Uh, one of the things I noticed that I hang out with Sean Taylor or Tim or these guys who are just like insane <laughs> in terms of what they've done and been through and uh, their, their careers and their lifetimes, just hanging around them makes me be better at everything I do. And it makes perfect sense. Had I not expanded my own circle to the people that I talk to on the podcast and all the different uh, circles, I would never be here jumping out of an airplane to mm -hmm. begin with. Well, jumping out of a airplane. <laughs> uh, but also, I never would have met you. Never would have, and just that little bit of a expansion of circle, so important. Yeah. The people that you surround yourself with really change your trajectory in life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's important to, to lead by example and try to set a good example for the people coming up in the sport. And one thing I tell a lot of the students here that I've worked with today and over this weekend is don't jump with the same coach. If you can mm. expand your horizons, every coach, you're going to learn something a little bit different from them. They each have a different teaching style. They each have different experiences you can draw on and uh, you'll find you'll get a lot more out of your progression that way. No doubt. So what do you think has been your, your coolest jump? Like the one that you'd sit back, you can in your head right now, I can see it in your eyes. You're like, Oh, that one. Oh man. <laughs> no, I'm actually not. I'm struggling to think of just one. There's, there's so many good jumps. Like I love the, I love the big way jumps when you go down to the big drop zones and you're jumping out of like twin otters with 22 other people on board or the, the caravans, uh, um, different airplanes are always amazing to jump out of like jumping out of the DC three down in Paris, I believe it was, uh, everything just reeks like grease and oil and mm -hmm. you're getting high off the fumes, but it's just amazing. All you can hear is the intro. Yeah. I yeah. remember jumping out of that with my, uh, my buddy, Sean, and it was, was his 200th or his hundredth? I think it was his 200th. Then he wanted to do a naked free fly. And he was like, if you can just sit in front of me and film me, that would be great. And on this plane, you've got rows. I can't remember how many people it held. It, it's a lot. It's like 60 people or something. It holds a lot of jumpers and everybody's sitting on the floor looking at the door. And we were the first two to go out and he's wearing his shorts over his, uh, <laughs> over his rig. And he, he bends over facing the whole plane, <laughs> drops his drawers and he's just flashing the goat to all 60 people on yeah. the plane. And so we jump out and <laughs> 
I'm sitting, we're both in free fall sitting in front of each other. And I've just got his junk right in my face. It's plastered against his belly button. And I was, I was laughing so hard. I was in tears. Flapping <laughs> in the breeze. Oh hey. God. It was a funny jump, man. I, I bet that, uh, that image you probably will never get rid of. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an Aussie right there. Yeah. That's fantastic. So what do you, uh, what do you got planned in the next little while? I mean, you have what? Uh, Tim was telling me like a thousand jumps. Uh, so I'm just shy of 3,000 skydives right now. Um, but keep in mind, guys that have been in the sport as long as I have usually have a whole lot more than that. Wow. And it's because I've spread it out over a lot of years. I took a lot of breaks. Yeah. Um, for skydiving, I just want to keep progressing, becoming a better skydiver, become a better coach. I want to help people in the sport. Yeah. Um, for me personally, Base jumping is, uh, it's a big passion of mine. I do a lot of that kind of on my own time, obviously. And I've got a trip planned to Europe with a couple of my good friends this summer. Um, I, I'd like to try some new exits over there that I haven't done before. Obviously I want to do it safely and competently, but, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm not sure where that's going to go at this point, but, uh, you know, baby steps. Yeah. Got to work, work it in slowly, right? Yeah. Um, what is, uh, so for the people who don't know, can you tell, like, tell us about the, the, the progression in jumping? Like, so I know it's you, uh, is it 25 for your class A for jumps? Like, yeah. So the, the progression you your typical skydiving progression in Canada under the CSBA is you get your solo license first. So okay. you're a student until you have your solo license. There's two progressions to get that. You can do the GFF, which is gradual free fall. And most drop zones have a 16 to 18 jump progression program to get that. Okay. If you want to take another route to your solo, you can take the PFF program, which is progressive free fall. It's our, our version of the American AFF. And that you can typically get in 10 jumps. Oh, wow. Um, totally different progressions gets you to the same place in the end focuses on slightly different skill sets. Um, FF or PFF is pretty cool because on your second jump, at least in our program, it takes you up to 12,500 feet on your, uh, you're exiting with two instructors, one on each side. We're giving you hand signals. You get like 40, 45 seconds of free fall. And so you have time to just relax, settle in, start taking it all in, look at the signals. We get feedback from you, you feedback from us. And, uh, yeah, a lot of guys learn really well from that program. Yeah. Um, it, it's tougher to do. You need a lot more altitude. Uh, these poor little planes take a bit longer to climb up to that altitude, but, uh, it works really well for some students. So once you have your solo, you can jump at any CSPA drop zone. So any Canadian registered drop zone. Yeah. If you progress a little bit further and you get those minimum 25 jumps you're talking about, you can get your A license and that lets you jump at any FAI drop zone in the world, which is, you know, pretty much all of them. And so what we tell students is you get your solo, you got it for life, travel across the country, jump at any drop zone you want, progress a little bit further and get your A. Well, now you're traveling all over the world with your license. You just go to Mexico or go to Europe, show them your license, rent some gear if you haven't bought any yet. And I mean, that's a hell of a way to see a place you're visiting. No doubt. No doubt. And meet some pretty cool people along the Absolutely. way because there's a lot of personalities and re- some really interesting people in the sport. Do you think that, um, do you think that skydiving is for 
anybody because I, like it a lot of I think it, there's a uh, I don't know about it, like a misnomer or more of a stigma I guess that it's like adrenaline junkies and that right but like <laughs> I I really hate that term it it bothers me it's it's not for adrenaline junkies I mean maybe if you've spent your life sitting on a couch and that's your <laughs> that's your hobby then yeah. it might appear that way but it, it's like everything you you break it down it we've got so many rules and regulations in place in skydiving it's commercial aviation so it's highly highly regulated um it's like any sport when there is an accident which is rare in skydiving they look at it our cspa body says how can we make this safer how can we prevent that from happening again and often it results in a change in the regulations or maybe it's something we didn't realize and we're like okay we're training our students and our novices a little differently now so the sport is constantly progressing and it is you know we'll never tell somebody it's completely safe but neither is hopping in your car neither is jumping on a motorcycle going skiing right there's it, life is inherently risky and what makes it enjoyable, right? Like, use your knowledge and your skills to make it as safe as possible. And then it's up to you, the level of risk you're willing to accept. Yeah. Um, in skydiving, that's very, very regulated. So we have people coming out for tandems. Like we have a throw mama from the plane contest here every mother's <laughs> day. And it's amazing. Uh, people nominate their mothers and tell the radio station in town here why their mom should jump out of a plane. And then we pick, uh, we pick two winners this year. And, uh, one of the ladies jumped with me. She was amazing. I think it was her, it was around her 85th birthday. And, uh, she didn't have a care in the world. Just like, yeah, let's do this. There was no nerves. I think I was more nervous than she was. Yeah. I'm like, oh God, <laughs> please don't injure this woman. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we had, we had a fantastic jump. It was amazing. Those are some of my favorites. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like if she can do it, there, there's no reason anyone can't do it out there if you're physically able, but, uh, yeah, some people are just, you know, they're not willing to push that boundary and and it's a shame because you know, they would love it if they did. Yeah. You know, they would, I've taken so many people for their first jump and almost every single time the first words out of their mouth when they land are holy shit, that was the most amazing <laughs> thing I've ever done in my life. Let's go again. I want to go up now. Yeah. And it's really cool to see. Yeah, it is outstanding. So this Operation Pegasus jump here, we've been skirting around talking about it a little bit, but what, is it, uh, what does it mean to you? I mean, you're a vet and you're, uh, you're getting to watch other vets. And what is it? Where, where is it? Yeah, I... I think the focus here is really about mental health awareness. Um, listening to some of the stories these guys have been telling us over beers, like it's pretty incredible. Some of the shit these guys have seen and done and stuff that most civilians would have no idea about. And they I couldn't fathom what the ordinary person would, would do in some of these situations, like myself included. They, they've got some really crazy stories and that some of this stuff can't not affect you. Yeah. Um, I mean, these are some pretty tough individuals and, uh, it's, uh, I, I know they, a lot of guys don't necessarily talk about this stuff, but I think it's important to know that there's support for people and whether they, they want to talk about it or acknowledge it to show up here and know that there's a lot of people in the same boat 
that are feeling the same way and you've got this network of people behind you. And, uh, if you need it, Hey, we're in this together. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's get together. It, it's pretty cool. What were your thoughts on watching, um, you know, four jump courses go through yesterday, watching your team come together, pound out a shit ton of work. Oh man. In the span of like that is, hours. That is the busiest day I have ever seen at this drop zone. It was incredible. We had well, Rob and Bob put this together along with the, you know, team of staff that helped organize this and they put a lot of work into this. We were having meetings all the time and there was yeah, just so many resources behind this and people that made it happen and it went surprisingly very smoothly. It yeah. went really really well and our timings were great. We didn't have all the people show up, but that's to be expected when you have, I think we had 70 people planned to show up and obviously there's going to be some people dropping out for personal reasons. But, um, so that made things go a little bit smoother, but overall it, it was impressive. Yeah. It was really, really impressive. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. And the attitudes were great. We were worried that people were showing up expecting to get a lot of jumps in in a day. And so we had to set those expectations. Like we've got a lot of people here to get through, uh, get your first jump out in the first day. I'm sure it'll sell down and we'll get you more jumps. And yeah, so far everyone's been really understanding, really great attitudes from all the guys and the ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you noticed that about this drop zone? We have an insane number of female jumpers and staff. It is, that is something very unique about this drop zone gonna, that you don't than, see everywhere. 50, 50, right? Like you guys, I think you got more girls. Uh, more ladies out here on many days it's yeah we'll have more female jumpers and staff i mean they're the packers the manifest uh we've got one of the only female tandem instructors here in western canada we've got uh yeah camera flyers and jms and ground control it's really really good to see it's outstanding I, i i can't tell you enough about how awesome it has been to watch everyone work together i mean coming from uh the background of being an instructor i was like I was watching each piece and I was watching how people interact with each other and how each. Where were you an instructor? I was a, I I was a recruit instructor in Meaford. And uh, so I was running around yelling at troops and telling them what to do and, you know, jacking them up and the knife hand got really sharp, really fast. (laughs) But uh, um, I, I was able to watch the level of professionalism just continually rise as each progressive uh, group started yeah and anytime that there was even a small hiccup everyone was just like roger that fixed it off they went right i mean you came in at one point uh, i think you were running the fourth group through right yeah i i think we canceled the fourth group and we just kind of compressed the first three so i, I think yeah. i ran the third one and then uh well i was working with with tim at one when tim was running us through and then you want to i think it was you that came up that needed to use the rack and just jump in front of us and it was just like roger that yeah. Giver. And then we went out and did some more review and timings just worked out well. And just that level of confidence that we're all good. Yeah. I love how everyone here is very fluid. Uh, we're willing to change on the fly and everybody supports each other. And yeah, Gunny's awesome to work with. He's been a great addition to the drop zone this year. No doubt. Yeah. We're super lucky to have him. Him and Gavin do both, uh, both military guys and yeah, both really switched on. And super nice guys to work with. It's really cool to see how proud he is when he talks about the drop zone or any of the guys here or any of the ladies here. That, uh, that when I asked him earlier today, I was like, "Can we? Can I get some uh, some group in here and get like a team 
I could chat with all the, the, the people working. And he was just like, oh, shit, I don't, I don't even know who to get. Like, they're all just so awesome. I, uh, yeah. I got to go figure out who to, who to talk to I know, right? Next. Yeah, take your pick. I yeah. I feel them. Well, it is uh, – I just want to first off say thanks, brother. It has been awesome chatting with you. Yeah, buddy. And, yeah, it was uh, super good having you here. And it has been awesome watching you work, watching everyone else work. And I, I can't thank you enough. It has been – an outstanding experience. I really, I really yeah. appreciate it. I really like to hear that. Uh, so, what's your plan? Are you sticking around for a while longer? Are you going to do some more jumping? Uh, I wish I could. <laughs> I don't have the money right now. I got my wife and kids <laughs> in, uh, in Vancouver. We got to pick them up and go home. And then uh, we actually, I just bought a house. Oh, congrats! So my uh, my credit card is a little tight right now. <laughs> Maybe another time though. I'll probably get out. And I mean, I'm really going to focus on more getting these conversations and getting an opportunity to talk to everyone else that's been here. And I love it. Yeah. I would love to hear some of the conversations you've had with some of the other staff and especially the Yacht Pegasus guys. Oh, for sure. This is going to be a special edition uh, podcast grouping. So they're going to come out like hot and heavy pretty fast uh, as soon as I get home and I can edit them. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I got to really good. I got to work the audio a little bit because obviously we're, we're kind of going down on these, uh, on these microphones right now. <laughs> Gotta sort that out real fast, but uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough, man. It has been outstanding. I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys are doing, not only this year, but next year, and the next year, and the next year. Yeah, man, I totally agree. This drop zone just gets better every year. We've just got this new location that it's it's amazing. The compound we're calling it, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we're right beside our landing area. And Bob and Rob just have like bigger and better plans every year for it. Yeah. And the cool thing about this place is we stay open all year round. I I don't know any other drop zone that does in the country. And we kind of got the temperament for it here, uh, or the climate, I should say. And, um, yeah, we were jumping in the snow this winter. So, you know, if the funds come around this winter, hell, come and do some snow jumps with us. Get it. Get it. Yeah, that's what it's all about, man. I, I fucking I, – I just absolutely love it. I can't uh, can't tell you. Now. I wish I could jump more. I really do. I've been sitting here like – just chomping at the bit, looking at my wallet going, ah! <laughs> um, but yeah, it has been, it's been such an experience. I can't tell. I'm, I'm looking forward to putting all these out because they're, there's some pretty cool conversations. It's pretty oh, great. I, I can imagine. People have learned and stuff like that. Um, if anybody wants to follow you more, know more about you can, how do they do that? Uh, I'm not big on the social media scene. Um, what am I on Instagram? See, I don't even know my own Instagram handle. I think it's Mako Wacko 16 or what something like that. <laughs> I mostly just share skydiving photos on social media. But um, the best way to follow me is to come to the drop zone and there jump with me. That is it right there. Get your ass down here. Get your ass in a chute and then throw your ass out of a plane. Absolutely. We'll teach you how to jump or you can just strap yourself to me and we'll just give you a nice tour of the area. That's the way to do it right there. All right, brother. Well, appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot, man. That concludes another episode of The Toolbox. I really appreciate you all listening. It has been my absolute pleasure bringing you this guest. If you enjoyed what you heard, please like, share, subscribe, do all that other wicked stuff. It uh, helps me keep the lights on. To all those out there putting it on the line every day, I just want to let you know that I appreciate you military, veterans, first responders, civil servants, you name it, keep this place running and I really do appreciate it. So thank you. Don't forget, stay open, stay humble, stay focused with grace, not slack. Gmo. <laughs>